Are you happy to be here this morning? Well, three people are. Praise God. This morning, I have a very simple, 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 it's so simple, you're going to miss it, message. Uh, because I feel like my dad told me is this, that Bible is so simple, you need help to misunderstand it. And, and so, let's not make it complicated, you know. And so, I just want to just share something from my heart that I felt like the Holy Spirit dropped in me. Because every time that I speak, I don't try to, uh, you know, oh, I learned something new, okay, I'm going to try to preach it. I'm not that type of person. I'm the type of person that, Holy Spirit, what is it that you want to say? Uh, you know, help me to grab a hold of what you want to share and how can I, uh, you know, minister to the people. And so what I want to talk about this morning, something very simple, is the topic is this, making room for the Holy Spirit in your life. Making room for the Holy Spirit in your life. You know, I don't know about you, but, you know, when I visit people's homes, you know, how many of you know there are those people who are what I call very good hosts? I mean, whenever you go to their house, they make you feel welcome. I mean, they initiate, they, they connect with you, they provide for you, they, 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 they give you direction, they tell you, hey, this is the bathroom, uh, this is where you should go, this is where you should sit. They take your jacket away from you, and then they actually sit there and, and actually talk to you. Then, you know, the, you're not just there, and, and their minds are somewhere else, but, but they're very good hosts. And it really doesn't matter the type of house that they have, you know, uh, you just want to be there. I mean, you just feel at home. Then there are those other people. Don't look around. <laughs> those other people where even if it's a nice house and even it's like, wow, you, you're stunned by the beauty of the house. But when you go in, you, you just feel like, why am I here? And, and where is the closest door? And how can I run fast out of here? Because they are just not good hosts. Am I making sense to you? You know, just, they, you know, yes, everything is nice and, and, and blah, blah, blah. But, but, but you just don't want to be there at all. My question to you this morning is, I wonder what it is like for the Holy Spirit in your life. Does he, does he feel like that you are really good host to the Holy Spirit? I mean, you really welcome. I mean, you do whatever it is necessary. You find out ways. How can I connect to the Holy Spirit? How can I initiate that? How, how can I have that conscious walk with the Holy Spirit? How can I walk daily in a way that, 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 that I'm aware of the presence and the power and the direction of the Holy Spirit in my life? And so that is my plea to you. And then so this morning... Uh, Maybe instead of a preaching message, uh, I have maybe, uh, I don't even know what to call it, uh, to something to say to you, to maybe you should take something seriously to take your relationship with the Holy Spirit up a notch. Does that make sense? You know, because you can come Sunday after Sunday and sit there and watch a show, praise God, cry two tears, give offering. Let's go for lunch and, and, and then we'll come do it again. Or you can live in a consciousness that, hey, the Holy Spirit is there in my life. Let's make room for the Holy Spirit. Let's open up our life. Is there something that's upon his heart? Is there something that's there upon uh, uh, his plans for me? Uh, not just for me, but, but what can he do through me? Amen. And so many times what happens, people come to church and what can I get? And so we give a report card. Preaching was good. Worship was, mm, this was, I met so, 
but, 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 but how do we come to church not to get, but actually to give something? To give something. You know, so this morning, early morning, I got up and, and I came across a verse, and, and you all know this verse, but, but I'm going to read it, and, and, and I'm just going to say something from this verse. It's a verse in the Old Testament, the book of Chronicles, and it's a time when David wanted to bring the ark of God back to Jerusalem. And of course, he does his own thing and, and builds a new card for it. And you know the story. And, 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 and the, you know, of course, the ark is about to fall off. Somebody touches, dies, and, and David and everybody gets scared and say, how can the ark of God come to me? And, and at that time, this is what the Bible says in Chronicles chapter number 13, verse 13 and 14. I'm going to read it, but there are just two words that I'm going to get out of it just to say something. It says this, so David would not move the ark with him into the city of David, but took it aside into the house of Obed-Edom. The Gittite, the ark of God remained with the family of Obed-Edom in his house three months, and the Lord blessed the house of Obed-Edom and all that he had. And the words that jumped out, the word that jumped out at me is this: that here was this man, okay, who was not part and parcel of the Israelites for the Ark of the Covenant. Not only that, he was not part of the tribe of Levi. I mean, he did not deserve to be there. But guess what? He just made room. He said, "You know what? I know you don't know what to do with the Ark, but but, but I've got a house. I've got space in the house. If you want, you can park the Ark." At my house. Now in the Old Testament, the ark was the symbolic of the presence of the Lord. And here is Obed-Edom, who was not part of the tribe of Levi, was not part of the Israelites, did not deserve to be there at all. But, but, but an opportunity opened. Accidentally, <laughs> an opportunity opened. And the Bible says something like this. He opened his house for 90 days. For 90 days, he opened his house, and his house changed. Here's my question to you. I wonder what would happen on September 18th in 2022 that you took seriously, and you say, you know what? Now, for the next 90 days, I am going to take seriously, do everything in my power to make room for the Holy Spirit in my life. I wonder what would happen. I wonder what would happen. I mean, not just a thought, but you actually have something that you can actually initiate to cultivate that. For example, let me, let me say something to you. What if, what if, what if? If everyone in this place, or at least a handful of you, somebody took it seriously and you say, you know what? You know what I'm going to do for the next 90 days? I am going to every single day celebrate communion. I wonder what would your life look like if you every day, or maybe husband and wife, or you say as a family, you know what? For the next 90 days, we're going to do communion in the house. You don't have to be elder, bishop, deacon, pope, or whatever they call it. But listen, you just have to be a believer that you take it. You say, wow, God has designed this. Listen what the Bible says. Many of them die early, are weak, are sick. Why? Because they don't discern what the Lord's body is. You should just think about that verse. How many people have died early? How many people are sick? How many people have patterned? He said, they don't deserve. 
what if you just take something simple like this, something simple like communion, and say, you know what, for the next 90 days, whether you're alone, whether you're husband and wife, whether you're a family, that you say, you know what, for the next 90 days, I am going to take my everything. I don't have to, but I'm purposely doing to take everything up a notch. I wonder what would happen. I wonder what would happen. The Bible says Obed. Obed the name Obed means a slave. Okay. He's not only addressed as a slave, you know, he's from the tribe of Edomites. They, they were the people who really dishonored God. They, they were the people who really didn't, they hated the Israelites. You know, not only that, they were living in the wrong city, the city of Gath. That's where Goliath came from, you know. Everything is against this guy. He doesn't even deserve to be close to the ark. But an opportunity opened, and he said, for the next 90 days, I'm not going to play church. For the next 90 days, I am going to take seriously and make room for God in my house. And this is what the Bible says. The Bible says, and the Lord blessed Obed-Edom. You know, the, the Hebrew word is barak. That barak means, hey, I am going to make you. This is what the word barak means. It means I am going to make you an instrument of divine favor to stop misfortune in the lives of others. That's what the word. He, he says, I am blessed. Why? Because I got a new house. That's not a blessing. Unless it's helping others. God bless me. I got a car. But, but Listen. The blessing of the Lord, this is what it does. It helps others. It helps others. There is something, that the word Barak means God has made me an instrument of divine favor to stop misfortune, misery in the life of others. The question is, how is God using you? How is God using you? What are the things that he channeled out of your life that is stopping the misery and misfortune in other people's lives? This is what the Bible says. And the Lord blessed Obed-Edom. He blessed him. What does that mean? This is what it means. He opened the house for 90 days. What is the fruit? From his family. <laughs> Please understand. They're not the tribe of Levi. Please understand, they're not even one of the tribes that belong in Israel. But suddenly, because they made room, they got to work <laughs> in the tabernacle. And from his family, 68 people, 68, 68 people from the tribe, from, from his family of Obed-Edom, God brought them in. <laughs> <laughs> not allowed. <laughs> not part of the order. But he said, hey, they made room for me. <laughs> and they brought them in to the work of the service of the tabernacle. I wonder what would happen to your family. I wonder what would happen to your family if you would just make room for the Holy Spirit. Like, like I said, maybe start with communion. Maybe, maybe, maybe the anointing oil, you know. There is power in the anointing oil. <laughs> you know, I, I did it for 90 days. Every day what I should do, I take the oil. And I just anoint myself. Why? Because there is power. There's nothing in the oil, but in the principle. And so every day I anointed myself. I anointed my car, anointed my house, anointed my church. I, I just anointed everything I could. Why? 
Because look at the promises that are there in the scripture. <laughs> you know, and so I just anointed stuff. Just I anointed my laptop, I anointed my computer, I anointed, I mean, everything I could get. I'm like, I'm anointing it. Why? Because I'm inviting the Holy Spirit to everything. Am I making sense to you? To anoint everything. You know, one time I was driving, this is about seven, eight months ago, I, 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 I was driving, and, and I was driving, and, and then somebody, suddenly somebody had a flat tire. They had a flat tire on the side of the road. I said, praise God. I got out of the car, took my oil. I said, in the name of Jesus Christ, shh, the whole tire filled up with air. Wow, this works. From that time, I just started anointing anything. People call me crazy. Yes, but I got a flat tire full of air. How? I don't know. Frankly, don't care. But <laughs> I started doing it on everything. Took my wallet out, put anointing all on it. Praise God, I got the power of God on my wallet. I, I, why? I just became crazy. Why? Because, hey, Holy Spirit, everything that I do, everywhere I go, whoever I meet, I want to be conscious of your presence on your power. Am I making sense to you? You see, in the Bible, in the Old Testament, the ark was the representative of the presence of God. But in the New Testament, it is the presence of the Holy Spirit inside of us. Amen. In the Old Testament, it was enter, exit. You know, enter his gates with thanksgiving. That's why you have these worship leaders. Let us enter the presence of God. Why were you out? Don't go in and out. Just stay. Makes it a lot easier. You don't have to sing 10, 10 songs to get in and get, you know. <laughs> Just stay. Am I making sense to you? Just stay. Why? Because the Old New Testament is the Holy Spirit that is represented in, 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 in the whole image of the oil. Now, the oil in the Old Testament was used in the golden lampstand. The lampstand, you know, the Bible says had seven candles to it, and, and it is the oil that kept the fire that is there. And then, so I want to say to you, in the Old Testament, the priests were required, and they were told, hey, make sure that the lamp is always burning. Make sure, in the Old, old Testament, in the olden days, we used to sing a song, give me oil in my lamp and keep me burning. You know, and so it is that consciousness of the oil of the Holy Spirit in your life, in the candles. I want to say to you today, is there oil in your candle? Is there oil in your candle? Is there a fresh, conscious, aware of the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit in your life? I liken it something like this. In the Bible, we see that oil in what I call the communion lamp. What do you mean? The Bible says in, in 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 14, it says, the grace of the master, the love of God, and the intimate friendship of the Holy Spirit. Would you classify your relationship with the Holy Spirit as intimate friendship? Why? There is that communion. Communion. Amplified says fellowship. Two fellows in a ship. It is that sense of, uh, of constant conversation. Here you are, driving to work, crying. <laughs> and everybody's like, looking, what's wrong with this person? Like, they don't know what's happening in the car. In the car, there is communion going on. Am I making sense to you? Why? The Holy Spirit is bringing some things up in your life. There is a sense of, uh, of jealousy. There is a sense of, you, you know, envy is wanting something that does not belong to you. 
Jealousy is wanting something that belongs to you but somebody else has. God is not envious, he's jealous. Why? Because something, it's his, but somebody else has the time. <laughs> somebody else has the heart. Somebody else has the attention. And so he becomes jealous. Is, it, is there that sense of communion? Is there that sense of what I call conviction? Do you walk in a sense that, 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 that every day, you know, you don't need to know whether this is right or that is right or this is wrong. No. The Holy Spirit conviction that that lamp is lit in your life. You don't need to tell, well, well, go through 10 principles to see whether this is right. No, you walk in that sense of intimacy, that there is that conviction. Hey, you know what? Oh, I should not be watching this movie. Yeah, but it's not rated. It's a good rate. I know it's nothing about the rating or whatever I think. It's just, 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 just. I'm in tune with the Holy Spirit right now, and, and I don't think he'll be happy, and so I'm convinced, let me walk out of this. Yeah, but you just spent $20. Who cares? That $20 is worth nothing compared to my communion, my conviction that is there in the presence of the Holy Spirit right now. Am I making sense to you? There's that, 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 that counseling lamb. The Bible says the Holy Spirit comes and he counsels you. Well, what does that mean? He helps you to, to put in order three things, knowledge, understanding, and wisdom. He comes and says, okay, hey, this is data. This is how we apply the data. And listen, this is how you respond to it. That's called counseling. Why? It's not just something that you do. No, he's able to take a boatload of information and all that is happening in your life. But what about my parents? What about my job? What about my money? What about my children? What about this? He's able to take that whole boatload of information. Arrange it fast in your And then give you the wisdom and say, hey, this is how to respond. It's, it's that sense of what I call that, that, that counseling lamp. There is a sense of compassion. The fourth candle that is there is what I call compassion that is there. It's not just something natural. It's something that is birthed by the Spirit of God. You walk it and you look at people. You look at situations. And then the Bible, you know, I was telling the people the other day that in the Bible, the word for compassion is not a nice word. In the New Testament, uh, you, you know, uh, the word for compassion in the Greek, it is the word called splagnos, S-P-L-A-G-C-H-N-O-S, splagnos. It means intestines. Very strange word. If, for example, it says like this, Jesus went, he saw, <laughs> and he had compassion. The Greek says it like this, Jesus went, saw, and had a bowel movement. It's a nasty word. Jesus went and saw and his intestines moved. It doesn't make sense, but it does make perfect sense. Why? Because it's not in the natural, it's in the spirit realm. It's in his spirit man. He went and saw and his spirit moved to do something. Am I making sense to you? There was that, that he walked in such a oneness with the Holy Spirit that, that, that is the compassion that unlocked heaven over people's lives. People say to me, how can I use, use more of God? Ask for compassion. Ask for compassion. Ask for compassion. The fifth line is what I call the, the, the cleansing line. Is the Holy Spirit that comes in. And then there is a daily, the Bible says, Corinthians 7, 1 and 2. It, it says that you're not only cleansed by the word, but by the spirit. You know, the Holy Spirit has that filter over your life. And, and there is a constant cleansing. 
from my, I call the ABCDs, the, the attitude, the behavior, the conversations, the conduct. Why? The Holy Spirit is like a filter, purifying, purifying. And so that your daily walk, you're walking in a consciousness of, of that intimate friendship, communion, sharing together, fellowship, partnership with the Holy Spirit. How is your relationship with the Holy Spirit? How is it? Is it active? Is it only visited on special days? Or is there a 24-7 consciousness? David says something like this. Even if I make my bed in hell, I am aware. Even if I'm lying down, my, my thoughts are towards you. There is that consciousness. There is that consciousness. There is what I call the sixth lamp. Is what I call the commanding lamp. Oh, what does that mean? Suddenly, <laughs> there is a sense of boldness. The, the, the disciples in Acts chapter 4, they said, God, grant unto thy servant boldness to speak thy word. Why? <laughs> it's not natural. You walk with a sense of courage. You walk with a sense of boldness. You can walk into your office. You can walk into your school. You can walk into your friends. And then you say, hey, you know what? I know what God wants. I know what God wants to say to you. I know what God wants to speak into your life. Why? That, that a sense of boldness and courage. How did it come? It's not after the flesh. It's after the spirit. Am I making sense to you? The seventh lamp is what I call the conquering lamp. Is that as we make room for the Holy Spirit in our life, we say, Holy Spirit, I want to walk in a consciousness of, of, of who you are, what you are in my life. I want to walk in a partnership. Listen, you can go to Bible school, get three degrees, means nothing. What means everything is, what are you doing daily? What are you doing daily? What is, is there something coming forth out of you? I'm going to do one more portion right here, and, 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 and I'm going to tie it all up. The Bible says something like this. In John chapter number 7, verse 37 and 38, it says this. If anyone is thirsty... Are there any thirsty people in this room? He says, if anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and let him drink of me. And out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. Out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. Out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. The, 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 the principle is this. If you are going to be faithful to drink, you got to be faithful to release the river. The problem is we come drink, 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 and we got a big belly. That's why I got a big belly. But, but, but you got to release. If something is not coming out of you, you are taking up somebody's space. What is coming out of you? Is there life-giving river coming out of you? Let me read this portion of scripture, and <coughs> I'll tie it up together in the book of Genesis, chapter number 2. Verse 10, uh, 11, and 13, and 14, the Bible says something like this. It says, now a river went out of Eden to water the garden. And from there it parted, and it became four river head. The name of the first is Pison. The name of the second is Gihon. The name of the third, Hidikiel. And the name of the fourth, Euphrates. This is what the Bible says. The Bible says, in Eden, the name Eden means a spot or a territory of the presence of God. It says, in Eden, there was a river. How many rivers? One river. And that one river had four heads, and the Bible gives us names of those four heads. One was Pison, 
One was Hedekel, Tigris, Euphrates. And, and that is a picture of you and me, believer. Eden is you and me in intimate relationship with God. And, and then there is a river, is, is a picture of the Holy Spirit having four heads in it or four ministries. And the Bible gives us name, names. The Bible says the first river is Pison. What does Pison mean? Pison means to build up, to encourage, to add value. That's what Pison means. That means every person in here, in this place, you have a river inside of you to build up people, to add value to people, to encourage people. Am I making sense? Number two, the Bible says the second river is the river called Gihon. Gihon means revelation. It means to burst forth uh, with information. It, it means to uh, burst forth with force that, that brings breakthrough. It is the word we use for prophecy or, 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 or prophetic breakthrough. That's the word we use, a Gihon. What does that mean? That means everyone here inside of you, you not only have a river to add, to build, you have a river to prophesy. That means you got something to say that the Lord wants to say. Am I making sense to you? You don't have to go do a quick 40-day fast. No, it's inside of you. You know what the Lord wants to say in every situation to every person. Why? Because you have the real, you've been drinking. You've been drinking. If you've been drinking, you've got some rivers inside of you that need to come out. Am I making sense to you? Number three, the Bible says the third is, is, is called Hedekel. Well, what do you mean Hedekel? Hedekel, it, it means power. It means energy. It, 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 it means, for example, the Bible says the woman who broke through the crowd, she came and she Touch the hem of the garment. And this is what the Bible says. They amplified the New Living Translation. All of this version, they would say something like this. They say, and Jesus felt healing power go out of him. And Jesus felt energy go out of him. Jesus felt. Why? Somebody made a withdrawal. Nowadays, we pray for somebody who's sick. They get healed. We are as shocked as that person. And then we go, look, look, look. I prayed. I prayed. I, I, I prayed. <laughs> they came. They broke broken up. I'm so thankful the Lord used me. Get over it. Uh, am I making sense to you? You, you? you should walk in the authority. Why? I've got it in me. Am I making sense? I got, I was in Lima, Peru. At this about six o'clock, I was in Lima, Peru, in a big conference, assemblies of God. This man stood up, I was preaching on the same story, and he said, does that mean I can come and touch you and I'll get healed? Shut up and sit down, I'm preaching, you know. <laughs> That's what I was thinking inside, you know. And I'm like thinking, who is this fellow? Doesn't he know I'm preaching right now? Be quiet and listen. And, 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 and I thought, oh my goodness. Uh, he's challenging me in front of him. I said, come. <laughs> he had throat cancer. He came, touched me, fell down. Three days later, the doctor proved to him there's no more cancer in his body. Did I feel anointed? Absolutely not. Did I feel like he's going to get healed? Absolutely not. But, 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 but I know what the Bible says, that it's in me. God is able to do exceedingly above all. We can ask, think, or imagine according to the power that worketh in us. You got to walk in the consciousness of it. This is what God said. That settles it. And let me do this last one and, and tie it up and, and close it. And then the Bible says this, the fourth is Euphrates. What does that mean? That, 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 that means the ability to stand in the gap. 
and, and push back the works of darkness. <laughs> that means it's in the ability to get between two things, forces, and then push back what is coming. We use the word called intercession. Nikki, what are you trying to say? What I'm trying to say is every one of you here, you came this morning to drink something. And, and if you came to drink, then, 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 then you got to be responsible to release some rivers out of you. Either in church, either in, at lunch today, tomorrow at work, or maybe at school, or wherever you are going the whole week, you better be releasing some stuff. Why? Because, listen, it's not something external. It is in you. What would happen the next 90 days if you would take seriously and say, you know what? I am going to make room for the Holy Spirit. I'm going to open up my life. I'm going to have the Holy Spirit be walking conscious. I'm not living for myself. There are agendas. There are plans. There are purposes. There are things that he has for my life. I'm going to open. I don't care what that is. I don't care what. It's going to be an adventure. Why? Because God is an adventurous God and walking with him is going to be not boring. It's not going to be life uh, routine is going to be full of adventure. Listen, don't play church. Listen, you know, people say, well, you know, we're just so busy. Listen, the worst thing that you can do, the worst thing that you can do is pass up an opportunity that was meant for you. Obedidum, it was not meant for him. But, but, but he took something <laughs> He, he saw it. He said, oh my goodness, nobody wants to make room. My house is open. My house is open. Can you imagine all the committee members? They're going, who is he? He's not even a church. He's not even a tight paying member. We don't even know this guy. How come they're just trusting him like this, blah, 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 blah. It's the ark of God. God says, Psh, get them all out. He opened the door, put the ark in. And 68 people. I come from a family of pastors. In my personal family, there are 30 pastors. 30 of them. Why? Because somebody made room. <laughs> somebody made room. I wonder what would happen to your family. I wonder what would happen to your children. I wonder what would happen to your uncles and aunts. I wonder what would happen to your household. Would you stand with me? Today, I really don't have a message. I just want to challenge you. Do something. Make an unconscious, intentional decision to make room for the Holy Spirit in your life. Make a, what is it that you need to do individually? What is it that you need to do in your family? What is it that you need to do as husband, wife? What is it that you need to do? Get, a, get an instruction from God. Ask God to speak to you. Don't just walk over and say, oh, that was okay, message. Okay. No, no, this is not a message. This is a bidding going out and say, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? What are you going to do? You got in two weeks, the third quarter is ending, and another year will go. And you get a choice to direct your life. Father, I just thank you right now. Lord, I've done my part of what you put in my heart. 
And I pray for every person here, I pray, oh God. Every person here. Wherever they are, wherever they are with you, whatever is going on in their life, Holy Spirit, come to them in an individual way, in a personalized way. That they see the reality of the Holy Spirit, walking with the Holy Spirit, seeing the plan, seeing the purpose, seeing the agendas of God. And being an instrument of divine favor to stop miseries, to stop misfortune in the lives of others. I challenge you, open up to the Holy Spirit. Take a challenge. Take initiative. You will never be the same again. You will never be the same again. just listen to a production of Cornerstone Community Church. Please note that all unauthorized reproduction, distribution, or sale of the recording is prohibited. For permission to reproduce or distribute the sermon, please write into mail at cscc.org.sg. We hope that you have been blessed.